Hello, hello. This is Jespreet from Just Real Moment Podcast. Today you're going to hear from my good friend Mary Ann. We happen to also be co-workers when this was recorded back in 2020. She talks about an unexpected life. <laughs> we all have ideas of what we think we're going to do in life and what we definitely know we're not going to do in life. But then things happen. And so she walks you through her journey of having to go through that and how she handled it. Because really, the only thing we have control over is how we react to things happening to us. So I'm very excited for you to hear her episode. Please come to my Instagram page, Just Real Moment, and let me know what you think. Share your feedback, show some love. Would love to hear from you. And until then, I'll talk to you later. Okay, hey everyone, I have my friend Marianne. Actually, we're also colleagues, but we're good friends. So I'm very excited, Marianne, you're here to record this with me. How are you doing? Hi, Jasper. Good. How are you doing? Good. I know I'm on maternity leave right now, but we've stayed in touch, uh, which is great. You're giving me, um, you know, uh, connect back into work, even though I'm not there. Uh, and we had a chance to travel together last year, which was great. So I got to know you a little bit. Our lives are s- somewhat similar, somewhat different. You know, we're both immigrants. You're mm-hmm. from France. I'm from India. And we both have two daughters and a son. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I have often talked to you about motherhood and tried to learn from you um, the best that I can. And I find you to be a very strong woman and inspiration for many of us. So I'm excited to learn about you more. And so with that, tell us your story. Thank you. Thank you for saying those nice things. <laughs> I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I'm an immigrant uh, here in the States, even though I had trouble with the idea in the beginning. Because um, mm. when we came, um, my husband and I, and we at the time, we only had one uh, baby. Mm. Uh, we she came was, for three. She was under one or she was? She yeah. was four, 14 months old. Oh, so yeah, I remember walking in the plane the whole time for the 10 hours <laughs> because she wouldn't see, uh, but she would walk. <laughs> so yeah, um, we came, you know, like uh, 20 something with, you know, uh, it was our adventure, especially my, my husband's adventure. I left my job over there and mm. to follow his dreams. Um, and um, he was hired by Apple at the time. And mm. um, so, yeah, and we, we, our intention or expectation was to stay three years in the States. Mm. And then we got the green card and um, we stayed. And, and after, you know, 10 years under the green card or not even like, seven years under the green card we decided to become citizens and Mm. you know one thing led to another and we've stayed uh Mm -hmm. here we had two more children Mm. uh here in the states so becoming an american was a difficult decision for me because i didn't want to Mm. but at the same time i wanted my first daughter to have the same opportunities than her sister and brother because mm. they were born American and so for her you know I I thought it was a good thing uh, now I'm happy to be an American but it took me some time um, mm. <laughs> especially you know I'm happy to be able to vote and to have a say in my everyday life right did so, you vote this yes, year of course <laughs> always I always vote for the French elections uh, since, oh. you know, I'm, I'm 18. I've never missed one. Mm. And same thing since I'm an American. I've never missed one. Nice. Um, yeah, I think... You, you're dual citizens right now, yes, right? Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. So I can vote in two countries. 
but um yeah i think it's a really important thing to do yeah um, because thank you for saying that you had a hard time about becoming an american citizen a lot of people won't say that and then it's not a diss at all i understand it because you're leaving something behind that was a big part of you right so i was 10 when i moved here um and i wrestled with that idea too so that that's good you put that out there so we can kind of understand what that means <laughs> why we would have a hard time with it yeah and it's exactly that like you're living you you may have the impression that you're going to leave your culture your identity yeah but in the end you're adding to it you're not mm. losing anything mm. um and that's the thing that i didn't realize in the beginning mm. um but now i i do realize but at the same time you know like i heard immigrant stories uh for um, when i was uh, in france uh, immigrants were saying oh i'm i'm never home because when i'm in my home country or my country of origin i'm you know french considered from france and when i'm in france i'm considered from my country of origin and mm. you know i was like oh yeah those people are complaining and but no they were not <laughs> they were telling yeah. the truth and yeah. it's the same for us when we're here we're the french people and when we're in france we're the americans yeah. uh which is fine in the end um you know you have to be okay with who you are and but it's it takes time it's not like my kids really hate when people in france would say that they have an american accent when they speak french mm. um and you know what i'm telling them is like yes but they do have a, an accent from the southwest of france which is not the same from the north of france so they do have an accent too and they don't speak two languages like you do so mm. you know you have to see the situation in an in another angle and um just to realize that you're luckier than many other people so yeah, yeah but it can be hurtful sometimes yeah. because it's a judgment and yeah. uh so i totally understand but i have to you know tell them how i feel now uh because i went through what they what they may feel when they they don't want to be the american in france and they don't want to be the french in america right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah and my kids we always told them that you know they always saw us go to the polls and vote and you know read uh we read the time magazine every week and we go we watch the news so both in here the us news and we also watch the french news so i think it kind of opened their eyes on you know what the world what happens in the world and uh hopefully they keep doing it um i think they will uh they were very engaged in that last elections uh yeah yeah and going through the trump era those that voted um and we, i i just learned so much more about government in these mm -hmm. about four years and you know the actions i can take and uh the effects things have on us and who to reach out to so from now on i think people are more in touch with what's going on in the government and what are people that are supposed to represent us what are they doing and so it's not going to be easy for any president from now on to just come in and you know be left alone they will not be left alone <laughs> we will all hold uh, them accountable especially the newer generation like your kids and and younger than that too mm -hmm. in the future everyone's going to be involved i think hopefully hopefully and yeah. yesterday so we just learned about the result of the election and Joe Biden has been elected and uh, I felt really yeah. relieved <laughs> by this election yeah. I'm very happy but I yeah. felt also that you know a, a lot of pressure went away um and that yeah. I didn't know I could feel in my body like uh mm. the pressure and and then at the end of the day I was like and you know i'm white uh i don't have any economic challenges or anything 
and、mm-hmm. I feel relieved. So I cannot imagine people of color or、mm-hmm. you know newly new immigrants or yeah how it could be diff you know how difficult it it could be for them. And you know we、right. realized a lot of things this year. I think with George Floyd and learning about all those things that the police was created to just you know get the slaves. Uh, yeah. Back to prison and a lot of things that I didn't know,、um, yeah. And from articles that I、um, read this year,、uh, I learned a lot about the American history, and I think I'm I have still a lot to learn.、Um, yeah. But yeah, and I you know all those movies like Just Mercy the movie,、um, mm. and、uh, we heard that's a good yeah, and we heard、um, our company actually.、Uh, Organized、uh, um, a webinar with Brian Stevenson, the guy、mm. from Just Mercy, and it was so moving.、Um, oh, nice! Yeah, so I think you know this year has been really critical, and like you said, young people probably will, because my kids are now twenty-two and eighteen and sixteen, so they're kind of getting. Uh, into adulthood, right? <laughs>、um, yeah, yeah. And、um, I hope that you know they can be really active and you know actors in their world,、uh, no matter what they choose to do, instead of just not being engaged. Which a lot of people were not engaged before, and we had record record numbers of people going to the polls this year, which is good. Which is、yeah. good. Yeah. So yeah, that's hope. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's hope for the American society. And actually, yesterday I was really proud to be an American. Like you know, like yes, we did it. Like you know, so <laughs> you know, it's a change from you know, I didn't want to get the citizenship to be proud. So、uh, yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you you've been here almost two decades. You said. Yes. It's gonna be twenty one years, January third, so twenty years. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And another thing is you have you have family back in France too, right? So that's why you you are staying connected there. Yes. So we don't have any family in the states, which is really difficult, especially now with the COVID crisis.、Um, we、mm. don't we we haven't. Been able to travel for a, a year and a half,、um, mm. and so yeah, so it's、uh, it's difficult. But we have technology, which is very different from twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, we only had the telephone, right?、Uh, which yeah, <laughs> which you know,、yeah. today seems like wow. <laughs> So far away, I know. But、um, now we do have FaceTime. You can do a Zoom. We we had like you know cocktail hour with、uh, my parents and my brother for New Year's or something.、Uh, no, for Easter we had a cocktail all together to celebrate Easter, and、uh, we may have something else, you know, for Christmas just to. But yeah, you can FaceTime. I FaceTime my parents like twice a week. Mm. Um, even if it's to say nothing, it will just you have a quick conversation about what you know what's happening with the kids. Of course, like you know, when you have kids, they become the most important thing in the world for the grandparents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So... If, if I call my parents and I don't have the kids with me, they're like, "Why are you calling?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same here. Like you know, they would like they would ask me. So you know, what about the kids? And、uh, oh yeah, and you, what about you? And you, <laughs> and you. Yeah, afterthought. Exactly.、Um, but it's nice because with you know that technology, my kids have they do have a very good relationship with my parents.、Mm. Uh, my in-laws are not that open to technology, which is weird because my Father-in-law is an engineer, so、mm. you would think he would be, you know, keen on using new technology, but he he doesn't like it very much.、Mm. So,、um, so yeah, so we're we're lucky in that sense, but、uh, we don't have any family here. So we had、uh, 
our family, which is our friends that are family, our family here. So we have friends yeah. that we spend Christmas or Thanksgiving with. Um, we go on vacation with them. Um, and that's, you know, they, because I <laughs> having kids and, a, you know, little kids is hard. Like mm -hmm. you're going through that now and it, it's a lot of work and a lot of worry and a lot of you don't know what to do. And so you need your friends around you. Or you need yeah. support at least. Yeah. So it can be your family if you have your family around. Um, but if you don't, you, you need your friends. And most of my friends in the beginning were French because I found them through the French community here. Yeah. And then at school, I found other moms and um, they were from all around the world. Uh, I must say because we live in Silicon Valley and people are from everywhere so i have very good friends from taiwan and um you know people from here or from the east coast and uh so yeah and my kids have friends like you know they don't really care um so that's a that's a really that's a re real opportunity that you see people from all around the world Uh, most of the kids speak two languages at least because they speak another language at home. Um, yeah. And so when they go elsewhere in the States or in the world, they realize that this is not normal. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> <laughs> this is not the usual situation. Um, so I think our kids are really lucky to uh, grow up here. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. So... Yeah, we'll see what, you know, their life will be, but um, it's, uh, it's a chance. And uh, it helps you um, having a, a very diverse community, helps you see life also in very different ways. Uh, and because yeah. um, not, you know, when, for example, if I, we talk to our French friends, we all kind of, had the same childhood we have the same references we yeah. um but if i talk to my friends from taiwan it's completely different they don't have the same references they don't they may see life a little bit differently and so it opened doors also or open your eyes on okay maybe that's that's fine or maybe the situation is not that horrible or Um, and it can help you, I think, when you see different perspectives. Yeah, and it can show you if you are, if you have a bias that you're, you know, not trying to have, but it can show you that viewpoint and it can help you be a citizen of the world, I think, not mm -hmm. just of your kind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I said that when... Um, You know, at school, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, when my kids went to school, I was like, uh, because I didn't work for seven years. So I left my job to move here. Then, but I didn't have, my husband had a visa to work, but I just had a visa to stay. Mm. Um, so until we had the green card, I couldn't work. So it was a life that, I never imagined I would have, like stay at home mom. Mm. Um, my mom was a working mom. Uh, she worked a lot. And so she raised me to be independent and, mm. um, you know, and work. Yeah, she, it was really important to her that uh, I would work. And I remember those conversation when I was not working in the beginning and she was like, you cannot stay like that. It was like unbelievable for to her that I was not working and I don't I was depending <laughs> on my husband uh this is not the life that she wanted for me mm. so um and I know it was good but it was also a lot of a lot of pressure on me to go back to work when I was not comfortable speaking in well I was okay speaking English for you know 
everyday the life. technical skills. But the yeah, the technical skills or professionally, it was like, wow, I won't be able to do that. And, you know, in the end, after seven years not working, I was hired by a friend um, to be a contractor. And every two months, they renewed my contract, which was mm. very stressful because mm. I had to get day, you know, the daycare for my son. My yeah. girls were in school, but he was two and a half years old. So he was going to daycare. And, you know, every two months, I was like, oh, um, am I going to be, is my contract going to be renewed or not? And uh, so it was a wow. stressful situation for, I think, uh, around nine months. And then mm-hmm. they, um, I finally got, um, you know, became an employee of the company. And, mm. um, and then, uh, and then, you know, I never stopped working after that. But um, yeah, so that was something that I remember. And my daughters remember as well. And they see me working and they want to work as well. But mm. I think I'm going to be careful not put too much pressure on them and recognize that life may not be what you expect. Uh, like, you know, I moved here um, for three years. It's been 20 years. <laughs> so, and yeah. I'm going to stay here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted two children. I never imagined having more than two children. I only have a brother myself. So we were a family of four. It was fine. And my husband yeah. was a family of three and he wanted to have, to have a third child. So we had a third child. Um, and I don't regret anything. Uh, of course, I'm very happy with my three children. But um, it was, I was very insecure because, first of all, I had two girls and then I had a boy. It was so mm. I, it was a third child. I didn't know how a family of five would work. And he was a boy. So I was so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, um, you know, I'm laughing at myself, but, you know, at the time I was really nervous and yeah, I didn't know what to do. Um, and he ended up because being... he's a boy or, or just like, what are you going to teach him or what? Yeah. Because he's a boy mm. yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I had, I was, I had night when I was younger. Uh, so my mom is from a family of six. So I had 19 cousins of wow. and I'm the, the second one. So I was, you know, one of the oldest one and all my cousins from my childhood, because there is, you know, a big age, um, age difference, but from my childhood, I only had boys cousins. So uh. I, I was fine <laughs> with the, with boys. I was not like, you know, a girly girl, not at all. Yeah. But yeah. But, you know, being responsible for a, a young boy was like, mm. what, how different is it going to be? How qualified am I to... Qualified? Mm. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, I don't know anything. <laughs> no, I, I, totally, I totally get it because I'm in your position right now. Mm-hmm. And in the end, um, you know, it doesn't make any difference and every child is different. So it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl because I was not the same mom for my first daughter um, or for my second daughter or for my son. Um, of course, I want the same thing for them, which is to be happy, but they're so different yeah. that happiness for them um, is different. So, and they, their needs um, are different. So um, I think I realized that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um and um yeah and so you know i put i tried not to put too much pressure on me um when you know i was raising them but um but you cannot help it because you kind of feel that it's your responsibility that they succeed they're good great at school they do sport they're happy kids and when something happens it's like really you take it personally yeah you take it personally yeah Yeah. exactly exactly yeah so for me I haven't grown up with any boys I 
get to learn about boys <laughs> because my only reference is my husband and my dad, right? Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. is a brand new relationship, clean slate, no baggage, nothing, you know, really <laughs> understand a boy and what they're like. And, and then also for me, the other piece where I'm going to give myself some grace and patience is not try to make him like a feminist or something, you know, just try <laughs> to understand who he is and make him just a good person and someone who doesn't get in their own way and can achieve what they really want to achieve. That's what I would mm-hmm. want for all the three kids, regardless of gender. I mean, if we want equality, we need to start looking at them without the gender as well, ourselves. No, absolutely. And, you know, I, I had a brothers and a lot of cousins, male cousins. Um, and so I think that was good for me because I could, you know, I was not only surrounded by girls. I had friends that only were surrounded by girls and they were like not comfortable with boys. Mm. And so I think, you know, having kids from, you know, being girls and boys is good. Even, you know, you don't choose what you have. So, yeah, yeah. you know, every, any combination is good. Yes. <laughs> but um, I think it's a, it's a good scenario. Yeah. Um, and for the boys, it's good to have sisters because then you understand the, the girls also and you, you know, different way of seeing life, different sports, different yeah. uh, interests. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's good. But as I said, any kid is different. I have one. My first one is musician, super creative. She's in graphic design. She's like, you know, the dreamer. Yeah. And my second one is very competitive, very focused. Uh, she wants to go into law and environment to change the world. But she was, you know, she was in synchronized swimming competition, very competitive. Yeah. Just and like you. <laughs> yeah. Um and um well she's better than me. <laughs> but um and then my son is kind of in between. Mm. He's like, you know, he's a musician, but he's also pretty competitive. Mm. Uh so that's interesting to see. Yeah. Um and he gets along very well with both of his sisters. So that's nice. also um you know, well yeah, it's it's really cool, um, and they they are the girls are very protective of him, um, so that's that's good. That's also, you know, due to what we we went through. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so my son, as you know, but um, my son had a brain tumor when yeah. he was nine. Yeah, and that was a horrible experience so he had three brain surgeries and then he had um radiation and then chemotherapy Mm. uh now he's doing fine it's been like five years we were supposed to you know do a celebration trip um back in april because it was the five years of the end of his treatment uh and he's cancer free still so but and we couldn't we were going to go to grand canyon and we couldn't do that because of covid Mm. so um, uh we will go we will go but um yeah so anyway um so my daughters went through that with you know with with him yeah like um and it's it's a it's a terrible thing to go through yeah, um, especially if you're, you know, your kid, um, and and your brother, and um, what you realized is that you're so powerless. Yeah, you cannot do anything uh, except be there. Yeah. and so um, yeah, so that's a that was a very hard experience for us, and you know, it's always there, which is something that you don't realize when you don't go through any sickness mm-hmm. i think mm. um it's that even though it's been five years it's always there like um like my son has treatment yeah yeah my son has treatment i have to negotiate with the pharmacy and the insurance and 
uh, every year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh, go to MRIs. We went to MRIs every three months for three years. Um, wow. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, this year is the first year we go every six months. And so mm. we don't. Yeah. So we're going in December, and you know everybody's talking about it like it's like a normal life, and that we realized that it was six months when after a little bit more than three months be going from going to the MRI, everybody was like, did you forget about the appointment? Mm-hmm. So even my daughter were like, when is you, when is um, Hugo going? And he's like, because we, we were so used to it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So yeah. we were very lucky. Yeah, I'm in a way um, because it's fine. We saw so many kids not recovering from it. Yeah, um, we went through you know those groups of cancer patient, cancer family, cancer siblings. It's the hardest thing you can go through. Well, that I know of. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know before, uh, but now I have a you know you you have a different uh, vision of life. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you don't take and it he wants to be a doc. Yeah. You don't take it for granted. And he wants to be a doctor, which is, you know, cool nice. in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah. So we'll see what's going on. I was, um, hoping my girls would be, you know, in the medical field as well, but they did not um <laughs> it's not their interest uh, because my dad is a doctor my brother is a surgeon my, oh. aunt, my uncle so you know it kind of runs in the family yeah but for him being a doctor it kind of stresses me out <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why um but yeah and how- i was not so, yeah now i was just gonna ask you how old was he when you had to go for his first surgery nine Oh my God. So did he even understand what was happening and how um, scary or terminal it could be? Well, I mean, not terminal. That's probably the wrong yeah, word. Yeah, no terminal. Yes, yeah. That's the, that's the real world, uh, the real word. Mm. Um, and um, so um, yes, I think the first surgery was emergency surgery. Mm. Because he had too much pressure in his brain, so they had to go in and relieve the pressure. And when he woke up, he had a kind of um, a tube going out of his head. Wow. Uh, yeah. Which is pretty impressive when you're a parent. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and when you're a kid also... Um, and then he had the second surgery to determine what kind of cancer it was uh so they would just take a piece of the tumor it was a a biopsy uh but you know you have to go into the head and yeah um, do another hole in the in the in the skull because it was not the first one was not positioned the right way yeah and then the last surgery was to remove the, the tumor um wow and yeah so the two the first two ones were not dangerous per se Mm -hmm. but um the last one the third one you know could have been we didn't know Mm -hmm. uh, if he was going how he was going to be in the end after that surgery so Uh, how did you approach that then how did you prepare yourself as a mom (laughs) I can't imagine so, my kid had pneumonia last year and I was losing it. <laughs> that's yeah, pneumonia. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And that's totally normal. And that's totally, you know, you don't have to think less of you when you lose it and when you're worried, when you know it's going to be fine, but you're still worried. Yeah. Uh, I think we're moms, so it's uh, it's just the way we're wired. Yes. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, when you are faced with, you know, life-threatening things like I was, um, 
there is something that I realized is that if you don't have a choice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so your only choice is to fight it, mm-hmm. and you fight it like you know as you can. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I cannot you know heal my son. I cannot. Um, I cannot take his place or whatever. I just had to be there. Yeah, and to be strong for him and then to make decisions yeah so and decisions that you're not you never think you have to make right um like you know you have to make decision on everything like the surgery you have to sign the paper that you're okay even though you don't know how your baby is gonna get out of this yeah operating room right yeah yeah um so but that's the best that you can you can think of uh, is you know to trust your doctors so you go um, and the chemotherapy was the hardest decision because it was um, it was a very rare tumor mm. and um, they didn't have any protocols they didn't have any treatments uh, that were that had been tried and uh, so we were trying with him mm. <laughs> and so the doctor wow. told us, okay, I think we need to do a chemotherapy, even though the cancer seems to be gone, but, you know, it it takes just one cell to reproduce and, and the cancer is back. So to make sure it's gone, I would do chemotherapy. Are you okay with that? Do you agree? And that was the hardest question that somebody asked me. Because, yeah. and asked us, you know, my husband and I. Yeah. Because you, you don't know. And so in the end, I asked the doctor, okay, if it was your kid, what would you do? And I know that she has two little girls. Yeah. And she told me I would do the chemo. Mm. So I did the chemo. <laughs> but we, yeah. we, did, we did the chemo. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And, you know, to answer your question about how did you, how did we talk to our son? We told him everything. Mm. Like, um, you know, we explain everything. Uh, even, you know, the surgery, we're going to, you know, take the thing out of your head. And because we didn't want to hide anything. Yeah. Because uh, I think it's a lot more uh, frightening when you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, than when you know. Yeah. Some, but I know you know the nurses and some doctors were like, they were like, you want to tell him your, what did you tell him? We said we told him everything. He knows <laughs> what he's gonna, and they were like surprised. Yeah. Um, um, because I think, you know, some people will react differently, and again, that's fine. Everybody reacts differently there is I don't think there is a right way or a wrong way it's just the right way for you and your family right so yeah it depends but I I heard I heard um stories from other parents where kids wouldn't take the medication they had to hide the medication they Mm -hmm. had to horrible stories that the you know parents went through very difficult situation and um so we have been honest with him. Yeah. The good thing today is that he forgot a lot of things. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. so I think it's kind of a, you know, a, a kind of psychological thing. Yeah. You forget yeah. what to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, when things are too difficult, you choose not to remember them. Yes. Um, so it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's kids are resilient, but then there's a personality too. Of mm-hmm. Like I, I can think of, I mean, I don't know my son very well yet. <laughs> he's three months. <laughs> I don't know what he's like. I know he likes milk. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> but with my daughters, I can tell, okay, um, they're both resilient, but how I tell them, I would tell things differently to each one based on their personality so they can cope. Um, with if you know anything that's about to happen like when my daughter was had pneumonia and she had to they actually had to do an x-ray on her 
Um, and so she was two and a half, mm-hmm. I think. So explaining what's about to happen and then keeping her calm. I was very surprised. I couldn't do it. My husband did it. But he stood there with her. She was calm. She let them do anything they wanted. They took blood from her. And the nurse didn't do it right the first time. They had to poke her again. And she stayed calm through that just because of like how we kind of explained, or I shouldn't say we, my husband, how he explained it, because I was freaking out. I just didn't know (laughs) how to do it. Um, And so she surprised me with that. And and, uh, I think just like what you said, when you're in it, you figure it out. Even maybe the kids are the same way too. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of life. It will stretch you always. So you think that there is no way I would be able to cope with something. You hear about other people's story and you think, I can't cope with that. But each one of us has a part of our story that is hard. Nobody has a super happy story all the time. Everyone's yeah. gone through something. And so when you're in it, you figure it out. Yeah. And, and, and you learn from it also. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, that uh, in the end, uh, you learn how to react or not react sometimes. You know, you learn yeah. that people, for example, cope differently. Like, yeah. I was desperate. <laughs> I was mm. crying all the time, and my mm. husband was not. He was staying calm. And, mm. uh, you know, we all cried at some point, but um, but I didn't understand why he was not reacting like me, and I did not really accept. I didn't accept it, and mm. Mm. but then I read some articles, uh, you know, on grief. Uh, mm. specifically and how people react to grief differently mm. like some people cry some people don't talk some people have to you know just focus on something else um and this this is a and I, you know fortunately it was not grief for us but it was a very difficult thing that we had yeah. to go through and yeah and um yeah, I learned I learned that at that time that not everyone would react the same way and we cannot judge other people for the way they react. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be very careful on you know be um, tolerant mm-hmm. on our differences. Yeah, so I think that's uh, something that I learned and also of course, you know, I don't take life for granted <laughs> you know it can in a snap it can just you know move change and yeah. uh and you don't know yeah so uh, but yeah but um we went we went we went on and everybody's fine now but um it will be with us and and yeah. with with us as parents but uh with my all my kids differently. Um, yeah, my first daughter was sixteen. Young, you know, when you're sixteen, you, you all go through different things at school, yeah. at, and yeah. she had that on top of, you know, uh, a regular sixteen-year-old. Uh, yeah. and the other one was twelve, um, which is also a hard hard time mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. girls because you start your body starts to change. Your um, you know, your life is different. You're not completely a kid. You're not completely a teenager. You're kind of in between. Um, yeah. And, and she had to deal with that as well. So it was um, it was difficult. But I think, you know, in the end, they will remember it. Uh, it, it will be a strength. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. So... You can always reference that with anything else that comes up. You're like, oh, this is nothing. I have gone through that. We can, we can do it, right? You guys can kind of use that as a, as a motivation for mm-hmm. whatever comes your way. Do you um, ever get to a point where you don't have to go for the checkups for him or he has to always do the checkups? No, he will have to go through checkups every year his whole life. Oh, wow. Okay, so he gets to be reminded of that every year. Yes, yes, every year and every day he has to take medication because he 
his hormone system has been um, damaged by the radiation. But mm. that's very little. Yeah. Very, very little from what could have happened. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think when you are you face something like that, um, you you have to have have hope that you know it's uh, okay. It's not ideal. Uh, you're not. You have to go through the testing, whatever testing you know someone has to do, or you have to take one medication every every day. But it's no big deal. You know, you're mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You can still. Um, you know, have a life, go with your friends, uh, do your work, travel, whatever, when we can travel again. But um, I think when <laughs> I hear now, when I hear people say, oh, yeah, I don't want to take a medication all the, you know, every day. I'm like, mm. that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Compared to the other alternative, it's nothing. Yeah. Right. Right. And um so it gives you, a, you know, another perspective on on life. But um, yeah, and uh, and also you do things, um, you know, uh, once you think you're in a good place, you do things that you always wanted to do. Like this year, we uh, we got a dog. So mm. um, <laughs> you know, that's the happy thing that came with COVID. And you know, of course, it's not. Um, it's not doesn't make your life easy, um, but it gives you some happiness and craziness and you know, just um, some joy. Yeah, the new, we're both in the newborn phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine is six months. <laughs> Are you sleeping? <laughs> Are you getting yes. enough sleep? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I have a I have a serious question for you. Yes. Did you ever consider writing a book about your life? Because I think you should. With with what you know, this little glimpse that you've given us, I think it would be a really good story to hear. I mean, it's it's a real story too. <laughs> um, writing a book, no, but um, I feel um, that when I was in the middle of it. I had very little help. Like, mm. I didn't know anyone that went through that. Um, yeah. And so I was thinking, maybe I can help people going through that. Like, just, you know, either telling my story or either uh, telling them that uh, we don't know if it's going to be okay. Because, you know, when someone tell, it tells me now, I my dad or my mom or I have cancer, I will never tell them it's going to be okay because you don't yeah. know. You don't yeah. know. And yeah. this is what I learned also from that thing. That thing. Uh, but at least you're there for them. Uh, at yeah. least to be there and to listen to, uh, you know, to be there to listen. Um, yeah. So maybe, you know, uh, I'm not a therapist or anything, but um, I... Yeah, I would like to help uh, parents going through uh, sickness with their children or even, mm. um, you know, people going through cancer. Just uh, just be there. Like, you yeah. know, somebody... And it's sometimes easier to talk to somebody that you don't know. Yeah, um, true. And I, I talked to so many people at the hospital that I didn't know and they told me their story and I told them, my story and we all cried together or laughed together or had lunch or breakfast in the in the hospital <laughs> uh but those people were so precious to me like mm. uh, you know and i don't even know their names but they yeah. were they were there when i needed them so um and but you know the the People at school also, when he was going through the surgery and stuff, and they knew that we were going back and forth at, to the hospital, the girls were at home. Um, uh, the school organized, um, um, you know, meals to be delivered to our house. So all the people from the school mm. uh, came together and organized this. And it's 
then you realize that you have people around you that you don't know about. Like, mm. um, and that was also a good thing that um, came from, like you feel less alone. Um, yeah. So, and, and we can really understand the value of people this year, right? Where we can't be with others. You can see that even more, um, how much we need each other, strangers or not. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, wow. but yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna write a book. <laughs> <laughs> Let's you see. think about it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. more adventures are coming. Maybe happier adventures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or even just for your kids, writing like a little mem- memoir or something. <laughs> I don't know. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you for any last things that you want to leave us with. You've already been so generous with what you've shared and um, such an empowering journey. And like you said, in, in unpredictable, but I can see you've made the most of everything and you actually did, uh, did create a whole beautiful life with your little family. So that's nice to see. Um, and we work together, but now I know more about you. <laughs> <laughs> So any last words for us? Anything you want to leave us with? Yeah, I think we we all suffering from COVID and, you know, being sheltered in place. Um, yeah. It's not easy every day. Uh, you know, I'm the first for who it's not easy. Um, yeah. But the, we have to just look at the bright side. Like we spend more time together. Um, yeah we maybe we see the same friends or you know you're seeing your parents more or and you so your relationship is going deeper because you don't see that many people Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's the silver lining that I would I would see uh, and that we all need to kind of recognize uh, yeah that that helps me go through some days like you know I'm like oh uh, we don't we cannot do anything <laughs> yeah we're at home again uh but um yeah so and doing you know new things you're doing your podcast i think that's uh pretty yes. neat uh, i would never have done it otherwise i think <laughs> see? i started yoga for real oh nice so, nice um yeah so i think you know uh any difficult time is an opportunity to do something that we would not have done otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's see what, uh, how long it's gonna be. <laughs> I'm hoping it's gonna be over in the summer. Uh, but yeah, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. I mean, with this new leadership in there, it's possible. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Marianne. This has been wonderful. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, Jasprit. I was happy to talk to you. Yeah, it was a good time. I'll talk to you later.